0: This is the Mile High Magnum Dak Draper, and you're listening to Wrestling
1: with Jonner's Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 157, and today we're going to be covering NXT TakeOver 31. And uh, I'm delighted to introduce uh, a guest that I've tried to have on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for a little while now. Uh, We've tried a couple of times, but finally, I've got the man on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast, none other than Sonny G, uh, interviewer and commentator for Powered 4 TV. So, Sonny, great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you very much. It's uh you know, it's great to finally be here. I know like yeah. you said, we've been, you know, trying to do this for a little while now, but um yeah, we get to do it now and I'm I'm you know, really, you know, happy that you wanted to have me on here.
1: Yeah, and uh I would say that it's a pretty good event to have you on to discuss today, Sonny, because for Sure. Um, we're going to be talking about NXT TakeOver 31. There's lots of kind of talking points coming out of the show. Uh, lots of talking points that we'll get into, no doubt, during the during the discussion. Uh, and some really, really good matches, including a fantastic main event. And I can't wait to discuss that with you. But uh, let's talk for a couple of minutes about you, because as I've said before, you know earlier, been dying to get you on the podcast. We finally got you on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the podcast that you've done plenty of interviews in your time, as well as uh, podcasting yourself. And uh, I know you better as a commentator for various promotions around the UK. that has been highlighted on uh, Turnbuckle TV and now Powered 4 TV. Most recently, Sonny, with uh, uh, Full Force Wrestling in their five-year anniversary show, which um, hit our screens on Powered 4 TV this past Friday. So go out and check that out. But... uh, congratulations on all of your successes my friends but uh, commentating when, when you. did you when did you first kind of realize that you you were going to be a commentator when did you kind of get bitten by the commentating bug and where did you start
0: uh, to be honest i mean i've always been i've always been just a podcaster i say yeah. just a podcaster you know i've always been a podcaster and you know when rich gave me the opportunity to you know, be part of Turnbuckle TV, I was thinking, oh, this is great. You know, I get to be a part of a business that I've wanted to be a part of for, well, you know, I'm, I'm 36 this year, so I've been watching wrestling for a long time. So it's something that, you know, I've dreamed of being a part of for such a long time. And then, you know, just to, to be given that opportunity, to be given the chance to do it, it was just unbelievable. And then, you know, I was doing the interviews and stuff and I was – being part of the Wrestling and Hinckley promotion, and you know, I just thought, you know, maybe I could I could do commentary here. Maybe you know, let me, let me see if they'll give me a chance. That's all I wanted. All I wanted was a chance. Um, so I asked, you know, I think Rich asked Tom or I asked Tom. I can't remember. Um, and then yeah, Tom was like, okay, well here's the show that we you just did all the interviews for. Um, you know, do it, and we'll see what happens. So I did the, it was the Fear of Falling tournament uh, 2019 that I did, and that was the first show that I did ever. Um, and I basically just took everything that I knew from watching wrestling and, yeah. you know, listening to commentators and just went from there. So I did it in post. So I did it at home, and I had no idea whether it was any good or – you know, if people were going to like it or, you know, I was going to get s- slaughtered. But, you know, uh, I did it and people seem to enjoy it. And
1: yeah, it's, it's sort of it's picked up from there, really. Yeah. Well, I think you, you've easily and already established yourself as uh, one of the, the go to commentators. on the work, oh, man. The tremendous I work appreciate you've it. done on Turnbuckle TV and Powered when And I've seen uh, all the shows you've done for DNA Wrestling and, of course, yeah. the Full Force Wrestling. And what other groups do you – I mean, you obviously said Wrestling in Hinckley. What other groups do you yeah. uh, commentate for, Sonny? Uh,
0: I've done some matches for – well, I've done some shows for IWE as well, uh, which is great. They're a show yeah. uh, based sort of down south from where I am. Um,
1: yeah, Frankie T. We love Frankie on this yeah. show, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Love the urban garth. Frankie's a great guy as well. Yeah, his jokes absolutely. are terrible. Don't tell him that I said that. But his jokes are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I do IWE and earlier on this year I started doing New Breed as well. Right. Uh, but I did the I did the the first show this year, and then the pandemic happened, and I've not had chance to do it since. So uh, I've been doing a few older bits for New Breed, some old matches, but they've had some um, you know current. NXT UK stars, uh, so it's been really cool to do that. But yeah, it's it's crazy really to to be a part of these promotions. I did some, I've done DKW as well. Um, I'm not sure if I'm still doing DKW to be honest. I need to uh, I need to s- slide back into Lucas's DMs and have a chat with him. But um, yeah, you know what? To to even be considered and to even be, you know, given them opportunities to 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 do it is just to me is mind blowing because. Yeah you always have that feeling of do I actually belong doing this? You know, I'm, I'm, I still consider myself very new, especially in comparison to uh, a lot of the other guys that have been on the independent scene for a long time. Um, So, you know, I still consider myself fairly new. I don't turn up to shows in a suit or anything like that. I think, you know, trying to, trying to modernize the way that it works. Of course. I just roll up in a, I just roll up in a pair of skinny jeans and a t-shirt or a hoodie or something. And, Try and shake it up a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. You definitely do a fantastic job. And, uh, of course, uh, speaking of uh, Turnbuckle TV and Powered 4 TV, I've got a lot to thank uh, Rich for and John Scott for and all the opportunities they've given me as well. Uh, So so we're both very grateful for the opportunities that's been thrown our way, and we're uh, making the most of it, you could say. But uh, let's talk a bit about your wrestling fandom then before we talk about NXT TakeOver 31. So... um, when did you kind of first kind of become a wrestling fan was it from a young age was it family members or friends that got you into it and uh who who were some of the, the the characters that kind of jumped out at you during that time that really pulled you in
0: well uh i mean i first started watching wrestling i mean when when sky first came into this country so we're probably looking at the back end of the 80s the very early 90s right um my first you, real you was
1: a young sonny g back then oh
0: yeah i was a real young sonny <laughs> g i had the the blue hasbro wwf ring right and you know with the the, the super solid figures that like did spring moves and stuff yeah. um yeah i mean you know i've started watching my first real memory of um of wrestling is around the time wrestlemania 6 was going to happen and yeah it was going to be hogan and warrior I mean, I was a firm Hogan guy, and, you know, I was fuming when Warrior won. I'm still a little bit bitter about it now, to be <laughs> honest. But even to this day, I like that match, I love it so much still. It's a great match, yeah. But I'm still angry that the Ultimate Warrior came away with the win. That yeah. was not... You know, looking back at it now, obviously, you know, you look at wrestling a lot different, but um, yeah, no, I'm a, I was a Hogan guy, so... Yeah. No, I don't want to see Autumn Warrior pick up that win.
1: It was the passing of the torch, but uh, it didn't quite live out to their expectations, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I, in classic, hindsight, times. no, I don't think it Classic times. And uh, how would you say your, your kind of wrestling fandom or tastes have changed over the years, and to kind of uh, what you like to watch on a weekly basis nowadays, in sunny? Uh, I think you know, as you as you do get older and
0: stuff like that, you do become. Uh, you know, you do find yourself searching for something different um, and that for me, you know, obviously I watched WWE all the way through the Attitude Era and, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, around that same time, ECW really started to catch my eye and the, the style of wrestling that was happening in ECW was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Not so much the hardcore stuff, but more the, um, you know, some of the Lucha Libre elements they were, they yeah, were adding yeah. in there. And just so, some of the matches you were seeing, like the triple threat matches between Super Crazy and Tajiri and, you know, uh, and Guido and, you know, Nova and them, them kind of guys were just, they were showing me a style that I, you know, I wasn't used to seeing on on WWE. You know, I was used to seeing Val Venus versus Jeff Jarrett for the European Championship or something, you know, but you know, then I, I, you know, I started watching ECW and I really started looking for that more technical, more exciting style of wrestling. And now, you know, I, I watch a lot of NXT. NXT is my go to WWE. I, I do watch Raw and SmackDown. I'm a WWE guy. I can't help it as terrible as it is. Sometimes I just can't help myself. I'm a WWE lifer, you know, and that and I th- it will always just be like that. But. Yeah, I watch NXT, I watch NXT UK. I'm a big fan of NXT UK. I went, to, you know, I've been to a lot of the tapings uh for the live shows and well for the TV show. And you know, so I I, I hold NXT UK very close to me and you know, I do watch AEW. I do. I like it. It's yeah. you know, I can understand if you've been a lifelong WWE guy why it would be difficult for you to get into AEW. But um, I think AEW is a great product and, you know, they're still very much in their infancy. Sure. So to to compare them to WWE is, is too easy for the casual wrestling fan. But I think when you look at it from, you know, if you look at it realistically, AEW um, will grow to be massive. And I I think it will outlive WCW by some distance, uh, just like Impact has. Sure. Yeah, but, Yeah, I like AEW a lot, but, you know, NXT, NXT UK, AEW, they're giving me the style of wrestling that I want
1: indeed indeed and i have to kind of echo your sentiments regarding ecw because uh, um i think we've been wrestling fans for a similar length of time but when ecw first came around and i was watching them for when they were first uh, eastern championship wrestling and then they evolved into extreme championship wrestling and yeah. it just it just blew my mind with the different styles of wrestling and the storylines and the characters and the, the music and the the fans that were so much part of that product and uh yeah. it, it, i was thinking about the other day but ecw is very much responsible for not only the attitude era, uh, but kind of what we have today in terms of the style of wrestling and the style of wrestler that we have, whether it be more hardcore based or more technical based, uh, I think that a lot of it all stems back to to ECW that introduced a lot of different styles of wrestling to the American Mm. and to the worldwide audience in one neat package. So yeah, a massive fan of ECW uh, this way, but uh, let's talk about NXT TakeOver 31 then, Sonny. So going into it, what was your expectations and were there any matches that were really kind of calling out to you that you were looking forward to?
0: I mean, I knew the main event was going to be something real special, you know. Um, I like Kylo Riley anyway. You know, I, I liked when he was in ROH. And yeah. I remember seeing the match at um, Wrestle Kingdom against Adam, Adam Cole, Cole for the yeah. championship. Mm. And, you yeah. know, obviously, to so people who just watch WWE or NXT, they'll just know Kylo Riley from being in a tag team. But, you know, I knew that, you know, he was a phenomenal singles wrestler and if you let Finn Balor loose and let him do you know what he wants and let them just let them just wrestle let them be themselves you know let them let them loose you know I knew that it was going to be a real special match and you know obviously you know we'll talk about it in a bit but it it, it absolutely delivered but the card really top to bottom
1: was it was really really great absolutely absolutely well uh, let's talk about the show then because the, the show opens with the brand new capital wrestling center on full display i, I think they've, they've just done out um the, the performance center from what i understand uh-huh. that it's kind of a mixture of the thunderdome with all uh-huh. the, the screens and the fan interaction from home but they also had live uh people in, in attendance yeah. um, i think they they uh, had uh, families and, and friends in attendance in small groups kind of scattered around i think there's about 100 in total um so that made a refreshing change to see that back in this era i don't know whether it will last but it certainly has that kind of impact on, a, on an nxt show uh definitely made a big difference for me but uh, your first glimpse of the, the capital wrestling center which, which you were uh did you appreciate what they were trying to do and, and the vibe they were trying to give off
0: yeah definitely um i think nxt has been missing something really um you know since the pandemic started full sail is, is quite a big space to occupy you know, it's a university campus and yeah. um, it, it's it just without anybody in it, it's empty, you know, and NXT needs that sort of closeness. So like obviously with that norm- NXT, normally the crowd are like super close and, yes. you know, you've got that very sort of small feel, but energetic feel and NXT was really missing that. I know you had like the, the, extras, the extra talent smacking the boards and stuff, but we're still missing something. And I think the, you know, the, the mini Thunderdome that they've got going on now, I think that's, I think that's great. You know, I know they had, I know they had only about 30 actual fans in there. Right. Uh, But the rest of it was, um, friends and family and talent as well. There was a few talent in there. Um, and I think as time goes on over the, over the coming weeks, I think we'll see more fans be a part, be actual fans, be a part of it. I saw earlier on today that, um, you know, invitations are being sent out to people uh, along with the guidelines of what they can and can't do there and stuff. So um, it's for me already, it, it it had an impact. You know, I lo- I love yeah. the the underground feel of it to a degree. I know you've got the 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 boards with the fans on it. But, you know, like with the the the, the mesh, the mesh fencing along the along the the uh, like the glass boards, you know, that, yes. that it looks awesome. It just gives it
1: that different feel to the Thunderdome. It's not as polished. Totally agree, totally agree. And uh, to to kick things off, we had Damian Priest putting his NXT North American Championship on the line against Johnny Gargano. So there was obviously a a big size difference between these two extraordinary talents. You had uh, uh, Johnny having to use his pace and intelligence uh, Mm -hmm. to get an advantage over Priest in the early stages, with Gargano focusing heavily on Priest's left leg. Uh, Priest uh, attempted to raise his edge first off on Gargano, only for Gargano to turn it into Mm -hmm. like a Sunset. Bomb for a close near fall to uh, to kind of kick things off. Uh, there was an exchange of strikes before the match goes to the outside, allowing Priest to finally hit his Razor's Edge on the edge of the ring apron, leading to a two count. Um, there's even a, a very impressive somersault sent on from uh, Damien Priest, who's a big guy. Was he about 6'6, six, 6'7? Six, six, yeah, he's he's a big dude, post. yeah. He's a big old dude. Um, uh, it kind of only served to kind of, um, kind of take out some security on the outside. But uh, even That came after, from nowhere, though, right? It really did. It was, it was very uh, Ricochet esque. Uh, but even after Gargano slapped on the Gargano escape and two super kicks, it was Damien Priest who prevented the one final beats from Gargano turning it into the reckoning for the pinfall victory in this really hot opener. And Damien Priest successfully manages to retain his North American championship. The match went about 18 and a half minutes, Sonny, a really hot opener. Um, I didn't think it was going to be this good, but the chemistry between these two uh, was very good as far as I was concerned. Uh, What were your thoughts and your thoughts and feelings about this one?
0: Damien Priest for me is, is going to be such a huge star Um, Not only in NXT, but I think he's got that WWE look about him. You know, Mm. he's a big dude. He's super charismatic. His voice is ridiculously deep somehow. I've no idea. But um, (laughs) uh, I knew that, you know, the two of them are both great workers. Obviously, Johnny Gargano, in my opinion, one of the best in the world. And I knew it was too soon for Damien Priest to drop the belt. I see, to be honest, I see what I see from here is Gargano actually going to the main roster now. Right. I, I don't understand what else he can do in NXT. That that's just how I feel about it. But I I knew going into this that it was gonna be, um, it was gonna be competitive. It was gonna be fast paced. It was gonna be very close between the two. Um, obviously with NXT they love the near falls and there was plenty on display here. And it was just such a great opener. Um, and I love that they make the North American Championship feel really important by having these hotly contested matches, you know, and uh, Damien Priest, he's going to be the champion, I think, for a long time. I think they hold a lot of stock in him. And yeah, I mean, to be honest, it exceeded the already high expectations that I had for it. Um, but, you know, there was probably no better match to open TakeOver 31 with than that
1: definitely and a couple of things that caught my eye about this match also was that uh, uh, johnny gargano got in a lot of offense and you might mm. say well you know he, he's a, he's a grand slam champion of nxt of course he's going to get in a lot of offense but like i said at the very top of this this match um, there's a big size discrepancy between yeah. these two uh damien priest is, is very dominant and uh, a big guy lots of power moves there as well as well as being very agile but um the other thing I liked is that Damien Priest did show a fair bit of vulnerability and he did sell for Johnny Gargano an awful yeah. lot and there were po- there were points in the match where Johnny Gargano looked like he had the, the upper hand and was potentially, could have potentially have stolen the title um, but I think that the right person won the match at the end of the day. I agree. Uh, Johnny, yeah. Johnny, Gar- Johnny Gargano did everything he could to uh, put put Damien Priest over not that Damien Priest needed it but a, a fantastic match and uh, yeah this was uh, a great way to kick things off and like I say won about 18 and a half minutes so they gave him plenty of time and a really really hot opener our friends over at Hope Spot Clothing are offering listeners to the Wrestling Majollas podcast 10% discount off of all of their t-shirts and merchandise simply use the code WWJPOD that's WWJPOD HopeSpot Clothing are a charity label with over 50% of all profits going to a variety of good causes. Go to the website www.hopespotcc.com. That's hopespotcc.com and take advantage of their great discount now. Let's uh, talk about our next match then. So this was quite an interesting match for uh, a couple of reasons. Kushida versus the Velveteen Dream now. Uh, This this feud, this match has been brewing for a number of weeks on uh, NXT TV, Sonny. Uh, But one thing that really, really stood out for me was that uh, this was Kushida's first ever NXT TakeOver match, and he's been with the company well over a year and a half. Now, he's had his injuries, he's had his kind of of issues as to why he's not been able to have this prolonged feud or a TakeOver feud or a TakeOver match, Um, but... uh, this match was, was completely different to what I was expecting. And and Kushida had a lot of the offense here. Yeah. Um, the Fatch the, the finally got started after Kushida. Um, he kind of attacked the Velveteen Dream um, during Dream's entrance. So that was quite uh, quite different. Uh, Kushida was, was vicious in his stomps and general offense towards the Velveteen Dream, uh, including a, a ramming Dream's uh, left shoulder into the ring post twice and then two separate arm bars. Uh, Dream did make a, a brief comeback, but uh, it was all Kushida in this one. And after a top rope hoverboard lock, Kushida was able to apply the hoverboard lock for a second time um, and uh, got the impressive win via a tap-out victory. So this was a dominant victory for Kushida. They've obviously got big plans for Kushida. Kushida continued to to beat down Velveteen Dream even after the end of this match. Uh, The match went about 13 minutes, um, and it was uh, pretty much 13 minutes of a beatdown by Kushida, in my opinion. But uh, give us your thoughts on this one. It was a very dominant match by Kushida, and it all kind of started before the bell rang. Yeah, with
0: this, uh, I mean, Velveteen—the way Velveteen Dream has been used since he come back um, from being from his extended period of time away—it's uh, yeah. been really strange, and I'm I'm finding it very hard to get into the character of Velveteen Dream the same way that I did before when he was around. And um, with Kashida, like you, I was so shocked to find out that that was his first takeover. Like, his first takeover match. It's like, what? Dude's been there so long. Like, how is this the first time? But um, he looked great, obviously. Yeah, with Casino, I loved the aggression. The aggression is like, I love that style, that strong style. He just
1: throwing everything I think we've seen a very soft side of Kushida since yeah, he came to the I was to going to say it's U. much needed aggression because we have seen quite a, a soft side of Kushida that, that uh, you yeah. know, we know from having seen so many matches of his over in Japan that he is, uh, he's you know, uh, kind of uh, brutal in his offense. And uh, I think this is the first yeah. time we've seen we've seen that brutality. Um, uh, Definitely. But uh, yeah, and I think it's kind of. Moved him up a couple of notches in many people's uh, opinion of him and, and estimations of him to the point where, you know, we can take him seriously as, a, as an NXT threat going forward. Definitely. And I, I, what I want to see from Kushida now is I want to see him
0: push on, keep with that a, a, aggressive style. I know that they're, they're sort of saying that, you know, they're turning him heel because obviously what they did, what he did at the end was mm. break the arm of Velveteen Dream. And that's, you know, the supposed start of a heel turn for him. And I think that's great because, you know, and I've been saying this a lot, while there's no fans there, not, you know, I know there was fans there last night, but while there isn't, you know, while we're not in a normal environment, you can test the waters and do different things, you know, without, you know, getting that, that bite back, you can really build a heel character because, you know, we know full well, if fans were present, on you know it's smackdown tapings at the minute roman reigns will be getting cheered because he's now a heel so you don't really get the chance to build that heel character properly you know um but with kushida now turning heel and you can really build that strong vicious heel side of him and let it really let it really pick up pick up some serious momentum maybe go for you know, the North American championship or maybe even down the line challenge Finn Balor for the NXT championship and just really build himself to be the top quality superstar that he really can be.
1: Yeah, and I honestly thought when they had that number one contenders gauntlet match the other week, Sonny, that uh, Kushida was going to come out on top there and we were going to see a Kushida Finn Balor main event last night. Now, we didn't, and mm. we'll we talk about uh, the actual main event that we that we did have, which was uh, uh, would have been every bit as good as the Kushida match, but I thought that was yeah. the direction they were going, but maybe somewhere down the line, uh, yeah, and I think with that added aggression, uh, Kushida needs to be taken seriously, and uh, it's going to be on many people's lips when it comes to talking about championship contenders, uh, one-way shape. But uh, Sonny you mentioned at the top of the podcast about your wrestling fandom starting from the late 80s all the way through Mm -hmm. to now you you must have seen a few WCW Halloween Havocs in your time Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, as we saw last night uh, WWE are bringing it back under the NXT banner uh, banner, and it's going to take place on the 28th of October which I think is uh, either a Saturday or a Sunday and it's going to be their next NXT pay-per-view Halloween Havoc. So uh, uh, exciting times and it, it, it's a much loved uh, concept. I was out of all of the WCW pay-per-views the Halloween Havoc was the one that I looked forward to the most every single year. So many classic pay-per-views under the WCW Halloween Havoc banner but uh, are you looking forward to this one? I am. Um
0: I think it's actually an episode of NXT. I don't think it's a weekend. Because, ah, okay. Um, the 31st of October is, is, is a Saturday. Right. And so uh, I know It's going to be going this. up
1: against dynamite then.
0: Yeah. I knew this because I was due to get married on Halloween this year, but because of ah. COVID it was canceled. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a, um, a midweek regular episode of NXT. So it's going to be going up against dynamite. Like you said, um, I don't think it's the Dynamite
1: one-year anniversary show. I think that might be the week before. Right, yeah. Um, I think it might might be sooner, yeah. So uh, I know their one-year one year anniversary comes around fairly soon, yeah. but it's going to be close, yeah. Because, um, yeah, obviously there's Shotzi Blackheart, who I love. I think she's
0: brilliant. Mm. Um, huge future in WWE, Um, whether it be on NXT or the main roster. She's hosting Halloween Havoc. I hope they have the big pumpkin. That's the one thing I loved about WCW pay-per-views <laughs> was um, – you know, in the in the 90s where they had the, the awesome sets for their pay-per-views, yeah, and the big I, skeleton
1: I, I, coming down and the, the big. I want all of loved that. Loved all of it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's what I want to see. You know, I saw on the, you know, the reaction on Twitter last night was uh, electric for Halloween Havoc being brought back. Uh, I just hope WWE do us proud. I hope they yes.
1: do do it justice, you know. Yeah, Now, now one uh, Halloween Havoc match in particular was uh, Jake Roberts and Sting with the, with a spin the wheel, make the deal. Um, that that I, I'm not sure whether I want them to bring that back or not, but uh, it, it didn't yeah, work because- very well for WCW back in the day. So hopefully that's, that's something they don't bring back for nostalgia value, I hope. <laughs> yeah, there's a few.
0: There's a few things that can be left in that never to be touched again. Yeah. WCW box, <laughs>
1: indeed. Uh, <laughs> like buff, buff
0: Bagwell's mom on a pole, and you
1: know that that, that sort of stuff that, oh, that can yeah. be left with WCW. Yep. But uh, let's talk about our next match. So it's uh, the third of five matches. Uh, Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott for the Cruiserweight Championship in Sonny. So uh, as we mentioned uh, um, in the last match, that takeover, this, this takeover was not only the debut for Kashida, but also the debut takeover for these two individuals, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Escobar, of course. Uh, so, uh, and out of all the matches I mean, going into this, this show, this was one of the matches I was particularly looking forward to. Um, and, uh, you know, these two very... Very, very talented individuals, and both very, very familiar with each other and very familiar with like the the, the Lucha style of pro wrestling as well, Sonny. But uh, um, I'm just going to go through some of the highlights of the match. It was it Swerve was sure. Scott in the early stages uh, in this match, it was all Swerve Scott in the early stages of this match with uh, Santos Escobar delivering a dive to the outside and a top rope Frankensteiner to even things up. Uh, there was a rolling thunder, a flatliner and a DDT from the middle turnbuckle from Scott for a two count. Uh, but then, uh, we had, uh, uh Joaquin world and Raul Mendoza. They come out to interfere, but they're fought to the back by Ashante Adonis. Um, Escobar showed some frustration after Scott kicked out of his phantom driver finisher. Uh, Uh, Swift Scott uh, came within a whisker of winning the match uh, following a house call and a 4.50 splash, Uh, but it was Santos Escobar that ended up pulling out the victory after Scott hit his head on the turnbuckle bar on the outside of the ring before Escobar uh, connected with a, a double underhook backbreaker for the win. I've got to be honest, the, the longer this match went, the more invested I got into the action. However, I thought the ending was a little weak and uh, the ending did not uh, do any favours for Swerve Scott, in my opinion. But overall, a good match. I'd love to know your thoughts on this one, Sonny. Man, oh God, I loved
0: this match. I knew it was going to be great. Uh, I'm with you here. I didn't like the end. I, I don't think that finish is the finish that Escobar should use going forward because it just didn't. It didn't look good, especially after everything they'd hit um, each other with during the course of the match. It just felt like that was a. a it just. It just fell flat. Uh, when, um, so this is basically. This is Killshot versus King Cuerno. Is that, am I right in saying that? That's, I believe so from that Lucha was their names in Lucha Underground, yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I just knew that it was going to be fantastic. I, I really love uh, Legado del Fantasma, the the group. Uh, I think it's done uh, Wild and Mendoza, the world of good, uh, being put with Escobar. But, you know, I love Swerve. When he hit the, uh, the house call in the 450, I thought that was it. I thought Same. he was walking out with the championship. Um, and, you know, I, going into this match, I didn't think that Swerve was actually going to win. I thought, you know, that because they're building Legado del Fantasma, I thought it was just, I thought it was going to be too soon for them to take the Cruiserweight title from um, Escobar. But, you know, these two guys going into this, I think the Cruiserweight championship is going to take, is, is is currently undergoing, you know, a real rebuild. Uh, because you know obviously before it was stuck on 205 and no one really cared and which is horrible to say because i love the concept of the cruiserweight championship and the style that comes with it or the you know the various different styles that can come with it but you know obviously and then devlin won the cruiserweight championship and then covid happened and you know so that threw it all off and then they had to have another tournament and then escobar won it and i think they've that you know, it, the right thing to do is to keep it on Escobar for now, just to, just to give it a bit of credit, just to give it that credibility. Let it let it build, and, and build the stars around him beating them. Yeah, because this loss did not, did swerve, you know, no damage whatsoever. You know, he he gave. Uh, a real match of the year style performance and he will win that championship. There's no two ways about it. He'll have that championship, whether it's before the year's out or early next year, he'll win it and he'll be a star with it. But for now, keep it on Escobar, let him beat all comers and then have him lose it when it really means something.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I would have liked to have seen Scott, uh, maybe win the match last night and have a run with the title, but like you say, that it's, it's early days and they need to invest a bit more in Escobar, give him a, a decent run with the championship. Um, but where where do we go now with Swerve Scott? Then do we do we keep him in a feud with uh, Santos Escobar um, and do we kind of maybe let them have a, a rematch at Halloween Havoc or uh, pair him off with, with somebody else and give him some uh, some fresh matches down the line? But uh, where would you go with Swerve Scott? Because another fantastic talent um and and he will get the championship somewhere mm-hmm. someday um somehow but not on this occasion would you keep the two together and keep them feuding for a bit longer or maybe pair him off with somebody fresh
0: i would maybe go with something fresh mm. um although with that said halloween havoc isn't all that far away it's difficult really because i i don't think it's the right time to put the belt on swerve whilst they're they're really trying to establish Legado del Fantasma as a faction, mm. and if you have the leader lose the championship that he's got, it almost takes the sting out of it. You know, it'd be like uh, it'd be like um, Imperium having Walter lose the championship. You know, it would take that little bit of sting. You need that. You need the leader to have that dominance. So I think you know, I think you 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 keep Swerve on TV and you have him feud with somebody else. He has great matches. You know, you not every, not every match has to have a story behind it or, you know, and stuff like that. You can, you can still have great matches on TV without them really meaning something whilst, you know, Escobar can be put in another feud. I mean, you maybe be, maybe now it's time to bring Drake Maverick back into the, into the picture yeah. and, and, and resurrect that for a bit. Um, you know, but there's so many talented people under 205 I think Balor's under 205 but you know there's so many talented people under 205 in NXT that you could pair them off with anybody really and then you know you have Swerve keep winning and he, then you have the two meet eventually after you know you just have them meet again once Swerve's picked up a load more victories yeah, and once Escobar yeah, yeah. Uh, because having seen that match last night I want to see it again but I don't want to see it again so soon. I don't want it to burn out. I want them now to to build to what could be the, the next real big cruiserweight feud. Like the next, yeah. not even not even that. The next big meaningful feud in NXT. You know, NXT does a great job of, of padding out the car with brilliant stories when it when it comes to the championships.
1: Yeah, but the fact we're talking about it and the fact that we're so uh, intrigued by it uh, mm. means that we'll we, we kind of uh, find out more. We'll have to find out more when we watch on Wednesday to see uh, course, where yeah. this feud go and what the, what direction they take with these two very, very talented individuals. But uh, yeah, you're kind of looking at the, the future of NXT when you see those two in the ring for sure. But uh, Absolutely. Speaking, of, speaking of the future of NXT and possibly the future of WWE, certainly as far as the women's division is concerned, our next match Io Shirai NXT Women's Champion going into it against Candice LeRae. So uh, 14 months ago, Sonny, they, they said this uh, on the program last night, roles were reversed. You had the babyface Candice LeRae. You had the, the, the newly kind of turned heel Io Shirai attack Candice LeRae after that fantastic steel cage match, which led to their... Brilliant encounter, NXT TakeOver Toronto, which I think was last June. So you're mm-hmm. talking well over a year ago. So these two have, have had a bit of a story uh, already, but now roles were reversed. where well, you've got Candice as the poison pixie, the, the mm-hmm. devilish heel going up against uh, the, the newly kind of babyface turned Io Shirai. This time, the, the gold is on the line. The championship is on the line. Uh, was this a match that you were looking forward to going into it? And kind of, did you have any expectations about this one before you watched it last night? I think
0: I was, I mean, I was definitely excited for it. I love watching Io Shirai perform. I think she's one of the best in the world, not even just in WWE, but the, the entire world. Yeah. Um, Candice, I love her character development. And I love the way that she's been able to, that they've allowed her to be Candice LeRae, you know, be, be that star that wrestled in PWG and, you know, was just such a – you know, be the reason that got her to the dance, you know. I hate yeah. to use that term, but, it's you know, true. WWE yeah. signed her based on her performances in the independents, and then obviously she transitioned into, you know, a, a a super baby face, you know. She was, you know, skipping down to the, you know, to the ring, smile on her face, that, and it, it really – it softened Candice LeRae, mm. you know. So I think the the double heel turn with her and and Johnny going heel it really allowed Candice to become something else. It, it allowed her to unleash her full potential as you know a top heel, and yeah. she really is that. She's one of the top heels in in NXT. You know, not just the women's division, but in NXT, um, and for her to go against a super hot uh, Io Shirai, it's a really intriguing battle, and it's one that you know I'm glad happened. I don't think we'll get it again. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, I think you know the end of the match said that showed that, but um, I, it was a it's a, a very intriguing contest, and my personal opinion now. Like I mentioned earlier on with Johnny Gargano going to the main roster, I think Candice goes with him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But uh, this, this was a battle. It was back and forth. Um, Mm. And uh, a really, really fun match. I enjoyed this. Uh, To be honest with you, there's quite a few matches that uh, kind of really, really stand out. But this was one of those that really stood out to me from last night. But uh, the match came to an end, Sonny, when uh, Io Shirai finally managed to. She hit a tremendous Spanish fly and Mm. then a trademark moonsault for the win to retain her championship. And this was a tremendous battle. And both women gave as good as they got in this really, really tough, hard fought victory for Io Shirai. Give us your thoughts on the match, because uh, I think it went about uh, 14 or 15 minutes and it gave them time. Uh, They both went out there and delivered a fantastic wrestling match. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Io Shirai retained her championship. A lot of people thought that with the character development we've recently seen from Candice Lorraine, the way they recently turned her heel and how uh, uh, the the Johnny and Candice... uh, Kind of uh, experiment on NXT is really really working and getting a lot of people talking about their heel personas. Um, But I thought because of that they might have uh, they might have transitioned the championship over to Candice last night. They didn't do that. Like you say, it's we'll have to see whether they continue this feud. But uh, we've seen uh, this two these two fight uh, both as babyface and heels. But uh, last night was a tremendous match. Um, And uh, yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on uh, what went down here.
0: Yeah, phenomenal match. I mean, great back and forth between the two. And the the, the two of them really got to show their strengths. You know, it's, Candice especially, I think. I think Candice, uh, like a, I mean, like I mentioned previously, Candice has really been given the opportunity to show her true ability over the last couple of months. And matches like this definitely help, you know. Yeah. Um, Eo, phenomenal anyway. And I just, I loved the back and forth between the two, you know. And you're yeah, right, there, there was a point where you really thought that Candice was going to take it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's a fun match and it, it was a great story throughout as well. They told a fantastic story. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and uh, I, I don't think the loss did uh, Candice any, any harm here because she's uh-huh. built such a fantastic character. Um, she's one of those that you can put in with anybody and whether she wins or whether she loses, I think she comes out looking great because we all know that she's class. She's got a great character. Cool. Um, and, uh, yes, I, 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 I would like to see the NXT women's championship around Candice LeRae's waist sooner rather than later, but, uh, she's such a hot commodity at the moment Sonny that, uh, that there's a chance there's every chance that uh, things could be sh- shaken up fairly soon and that we could see her on either the, the kind of raw brand or the Smackdown brand I hope not I hope not um uh, but uh, she is one of those characters that would do well um on a slightly bigger stage I think if they draft Johnny and
0: Candice together mm. I think they could they could take what they've built in NXT and transition it over onto the main roster um and I, that's that's honestly what I think will happen. I I don't really see what else either can. I know I know that Candice could win the NXT Women's Championship, but I just don't think she will, especially with what transpired after the match. Yeah. I think it almost shoves, you know, that that cements Candice out of the picture.
1: Yeah, and uh, both Johnny and Candice have built up such such fantastic heel characters. That really kind of jump off the screen. Uh, on top of their extraordinary wrestling ability, I think that they are kind of um, bound for maybe slightly uh, different, slightly new horizons, shall I say? I won't necessarily say better horizons, but new horizons. <laughs> but uh, after the match, we saw former NXT UK, NXT UK Women's Champion Tony Storm. She appeared on a video wall behind Leo uh, with Tony proclaiming that uh, as of right now, Tony Storm is back on NXT and she'll be showing the NXT Universe that it is. Tony time Uh, and then as if that wasn't enough of a surprise we finally get to see who's behind the the mysterious green video packages that we've been seeing over recent weeks Uh, and with Io Shirai still standing in the ring uh, we we saw the welcome return of former NXT Women's Champion Ember Moon so lots to talk about here Sonny Um, you know from this segment uh, you know, you've got the the NXT Women's Division as if it couldn't be any better and, and any more stats. Yeah. You've got the return of Tony Storm and the return of Ember Moon. Um, you know, all in one kind of package here to send out a clear message to Io Shirai and the rest of the Women's Division on the Black and Gold brand that they are coming. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'm it, I was to be honest, the the Tony Storm thing kind of it shocked me a bit because you know we hadn't seen or heard of her in ages and you know you she's associated usually with nxt uk yeah Uh, but of course she did win the may young classic so when you sort of put two and two together her coming to america to be part of nxt and probably eventually transition to raw or smackdown um it makes perfect sense she's a top top superstar and she's somebody i really admire uh i love her character she's different Uh, she's got a, a great look and she's not only has she got that great look, um, she, she's just a, a phenomenal worker as well, you know. Um, and I'm really excited to see her get that opportunity on the, you know, NXT UK is brilliant. I love NXT UK, but to, to see her now get that opportunity in main NXT, yeah, um, in front of that worldwide audience, um, you know, it's, it's going to be great for her. And I can't wait to see what they do with Tony. As for Ember Moon. Uh, I think the transition back to NXT makes perfect sense. Something just didn't click with her on the main roster. You know, I don't, you know, obviously we we talk about it all the time with WWE's, um, interesting booking of former NXT talent. You know, in some cases it works very well. Uh, look at Oscar, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. Uh, but Ember Moon just didn't, she didn't resonate with the, with the crowd. And I'm not sure why, um, You can't rely on the eclipse to get you over, but also at the same time, it really depends how you booked. And Ember was probably booked fairly poorly. And but you know, I'm glad to see her get that chance on NXT once again to to show us what she really is made of
1: yeah and I, I for one and I'm sure I kind of echo your thoughts here Sonny but I'm just glad to see Ember Moon uh, back uh, she's going to be competitive soon because there were yeah. um, many many fears that uh, she wouldn't come back to the ring after her uh, very severe Achilles injury uh, oh, so am just glad to see her back in the ring anyway shape or form and uh, coming back home to NXT um, and to pad out that, that amazing women's roster um, even more so uh, yeah looking forward to that and no doubt we'll see and hear more from Ember on this Wednesday's uh, NXT but uh, let's, let's talk about that main event buddy Finn Balor oh, versus Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT Championship so uh, uh, I don't think we could have foreseen going back maybe three or four weeks ago that we would have had this main event no I not at all c- circumstances were such that uh, we got uh, like I said earlier I, I honestly expected Kushida to be in this main event following that uh, that uh, uh, gauntlet match but it was Kyle O'Reilly and you know, a worthy winner of that gauntlet match uh, to make him number one contender. But uh, like you, you said it perfectly earlier on that to Kylie Riley is no stranger to being a, a singles champion he's a former ring of honour world champion he uh, defended the ring of honour world championship at Wrestle Kingdom against Adam Cole uh, probably about uh, five years ago now and that was a hell of a match uh, but uh, Kyle O'Reilly has been a tremendous singles worker uh, but in NXT we really only know him pairing up with either Bobby Fish or Roderick Strong as part of the undisputed, uh, he is undoubtedly the the best and most successful tag team wrestle tag team champion in NXT history yeah. uh, but Sure. In my opinion, if you've ever seen any of their backstage stuff, Kyle O'Reilly is always the one that kind of stands out to me with his his character work and his facials and his kind of little one-liners uh, on top of being a fantastic wrestler. I think he's an awesome character. And finally, they've kind of Hit the button on this guy, um, and as Shawn Michaels said in uh, one of the promo packages leading up to this match, is probably the best kept secret in NXT. But uh, just just to kind of echo you know, give us your thoughts again on on how excited you were for this match, knowing Finn Balor, knowing Kyle O'Reilly, but they've not faced each other in the ring before, and this was such a, a unique and fresh and exciting matchup, wasn't it? Oh,
0: 100%. It was that, and that's the beauty of this match. I think because it did come out of nowhere, and you know, as a wrestling fan, you, you're like, oh, oh they, They're actually going to give us Kyle O'Reilly in singles against Finn Balor. He's like, you're like, you, you he, 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 it's difficult to contain that excitement because you know they they could have they could have gone real boring with it and just had somebody predictable win that battle royal, and Finn Balor just has a very routine victory at Takeover. But instead, they th- they threw us a curveball, gave us Kyle O'Reilly yeah. and gave us a real reason to be excited. I mean, you know, the the Internet wrestling fans, you know, this is this is a match for them. Yeah. You know, th- this is this is squarely aimed at them and them only, you know, um, to somebody who watches Raw and Smackdown only. You'd be like, I don't even know who Kyle O'Reilly is. Finn Balor's great. But and but to, to us. This is, like, this is like the holy grail of main events for a pay-per-view. And it came out of nowhere with very little build, and you're like, oh, my God, I, I just I can't contain myself because this, this is just going to be so awesome, and you know it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about some of the highlights of the match. I mean, first of all, uh, both Finn and Kyle, they received a, their big match main event entrance from the backstage area to the ring. That was pretty cool. Always good when you see that. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it, this was... Always going to be a great match, and that's exactly what we got, Sonny. It was 28 minutes uh, of hard-hitting, bone-crunching action. Oh. Uh, that this match was was slow and methodical to start off with. But the pace soon picked up when O'Reilly started throwing in those uh, vicious kicks, and those vicious knees, uh, with Balor soon uh, returning the favour um, knocking the challenger to the canvas with some of his stiff strikes O'Reilly really seemed to be troubled uh, by, by a kick to the stomach or t- to the mm. to the kidney I think they said uh, from Balor. Um and then uh, o- O'Reilly kind of uh, had a bloody mouth so it's already very very physical, we we're only 5 or 10 minutes in, <laughs> it was a nineteen sixteen from Balor uh, with O'Reilly kicking out on two. There was uh, an Achilles lock and a heel hook from O'Reilly. There was a a high running knee from O'Reilly which uh, um, we would later find out uh, injured Finn Balor's jaw quite severely Uh, but it would be Finn Balor who would deliver the coup de grace uh, to the already injured midsection of Kyle O'Reilly for the win to retain his championship. So Sonny, all I've got written down here on my notes is the word wow. Uh, It was outstanding. There there was no gimmicks. There was no run-ins. It was just tough, rough, in-your-face wrestling action. Um, And, you know, I'd love to know your your thoughts on on this match because I I think I mentioned it off-air, Sonny, but this was more like a a real fight, an MMA fight, as opposed to a wrestling match. And I think both guys were they were physically hurt by the end of this. Um, But we we talk about kind of the reports that have come out after this match um, very soon, but give us your kind of thoughts on what went down here. They call boxing the sweet science,
0: right? But this was, you know, the, the sweet science in pro wrestling, right? You had two guys who, just gels so well together. Kylo O'Reilly is such an incredible all-rounder. Uh, you know, as is Finn Balor. And I love the story that they told and the way they told it. Um, you know, like I said, there was no sort of gimmicky story or anything like that going into it. It was just two fighters fighting for that the the biggest prize. And I, I love the way that, you know, like like you mentioned, um, Kyle O'Reilly was focusing on the, the leg of Finn Balor and, you know, he was homing in on that, looking to exploit that weakness. And Finn Balor was working on the ribs, obviously setting up for the coup de grace. And they, they told that, that long story and they were both fighting. It was like a tug of war, like O'Reilly going for the leg, Balor going for the ribs. And it was told over almost half an hour. And it was just, it was just perfect. I mean, O'Reilly took a stiff one to the face, like real early, like, and, Really deep. It was when Finn hit the basement drop kick, but you yeah. saw on the slow motion replay that it just, it it took. It, I mean, it just it rocked O'Reilly, and it was. It, I, even I was like, I was like, woof, like just watching it, and it was, it was just. It's hard to use the word perfection a lot of the time when it comes to professional wrestling, but when if you if you were to introduce somebody to professional wrestling, I would show them that. Oh, why'd you watch wrestling? Why'd you, why'd you watch it? It's scripted and all the usual sort of nonsense that comes with, you know, people who don't watch wrestling coming in to watch wrestling. But if you show them that and show them the technical ability of, you know, Kyle O'Reilly is a, is a BJJ, uh, master, you know, and, you know, he puts that to good use and the, the way it was the, 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 way that the story was told using technical aspects of actual wrestling it was it was just such a, a beautiful thing to watch unfold, and yeah, they're both they're both seriously beaten up afterwards. Pretty but, banged you know, up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, you know, they gave us a, a match that I think we'll be talking about for a long, long time, and I, I think that was a star-making night as a singles wrestler for Kyle O'Reilly.
1: Most definitely, and and I said during my uh, notes here that it was a 28-minute match. A 28-minute match that only seemed like 15. It, it was just, uh, you know, a pleasure to sit through and to watch um, because it didn't drag in places. There was no, you know, low points. It was, it was action and uh, drama and a great story which really dragged yeah. you in. And I think that what, what, what kind of dragged me in and probably a lot of other viewers, maybe yourself, but because it was so physical and because the guys did really seem to be going through um, some, some heavy hitting knocks there, Sonny, that uh, it kind of really my eyes were wide open watching this because i was just you know i was almost uh, amazed that this was the type of action we were getting uh dare i yeah. say in, in a WWE ring uh, yeah, not you're something right. that, yeah. that we would see you know um, more akin to your kind of more uh, you know bellator or uh, ufc for example but uh, this was this was a, a, a great match it was a great match but um i mean let's quickly touch on what happened after the match we saw an angle played out uh, with Ridge Holland and he was carrying the body of Adam Cole, the leader of the Undisputed Era of course, over his shoulder, over to the ringside area, he dumped him over the, the, the barrier at ringside as strong fish and O'Reilly came to Cole's aid as the show went off. the Yes, and obviously building something there for Ridge Holland. Um, I, I don't think his, his attack was kind of aimed at Finn Balor in the championship, but maybe aimed at Adam Cole and, and the Undisputed Era, so there could be a little bit of a feud there with Ridge Holland. Uh, but look quite heelish, I might say, uh, going up against the Undisputed Era. But uh, talking about the injuries, let's talk about the injuries. So there's there's reports coming out that uh, Balor suffered a a possible broken jaw in that running high knee uh, towards the end of the match there, uh, uh, Sonny. Yeah. And uh, there's reports that he got taken to a local medical facility, uh, a local hospital in, in layman's terms uh, for X-rays. <laughs> um, but it's unconfirmed how bad the injury is uh, to, to Balor's jaw. He did seem in a lot of trouble, a lot of pain towards the end of the match, kind of almost holding his his kind of jaw, um, and he was bleeding quite heavily from the mouth um, after that after that strike. Um, but uh, everybody's kind of fearing the worst, and we saw what happened to Karrion Cross after he won the championship over yeah. Keith Lee at uh, NXT take over 30 a month or so ago where he had to relinquish the championship because of injury uh, that same Wednesday Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit worrying that we might see the same again where Balor has to relinquish the championship this coming Wednesday and if that were to happen that would be very reminiscent of uh, that SummerSlam match against Seth Rollins in 2016 Uh, I'm I'm hoping that that's not going to be the case and
0: yeah, I mean they they really went at it. I mean there's no two, there's no two ways about it. I know that kyle o'reilly was sort of hurt as well, but you know I think after 28 of 28 minutes of you know the shots that they were throwing at each other and the the, the physicality that ensued in that match, uh, I don't think there was uh, any way that either of them were not coming out hurt. Um, I'm I'm you know. I really hope that that isn't the case and Finn Balor can just keep hold of the NXT championship uh, just for a little while. He doesn't, maybe doesn't even have to compete. Just, you know, I, d- I don't want to see this. Uh, it, it's not, you know, you, no one can help it, but I don't want to see the, the championship get relinquished again and for us to go through the same thing again. And yeah. it's just, it, it feels like it happens way too often, you know? Um, and I don't want to see it again. If it's, if it's a case of Finn's going to be out of action for a, just a few weeks, you know, while his jaw is wired or whatever, that's fine. Then you just just have him do something else. You don't. He doesn't have to wrestle. Just have him do other stuff. You know, wrestling is entertainment. You know, find another way to
1: build your next feud. You know. Yeah. Um now, Didn't. Um... Now, if I remember rightly, I know that when Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe had their feud in NXT and uh, in one of their matches, Joe suffered a broken jaw. And mm-hmm. so very reminiscent of what happened last night between these two. Um, and I'm pretty sure um, that they, they set a precedent by keeping the belt on Joe. Now, more recently, obviously, you know, that they've stripped Karrion Cross of his championship, So they might kind of want to you know, kind of follow the pattern uh, of recent events with him. Um, but uh, like I say, Wednesday's going to be must see TV to find out what happens with Finn Balor, uh, what sure. happens with w- you know w- with uh, his jaw and his uh, health in general, and a bit of an update on Kylie Riley But more importantly, what happens with the NXT Championship? But uh, interesting times and lots of talking points coming out of NXT for sure. But uh, um, what would you say was your your favorite match coming out of last night's show then, Sonny? Um no two ways about it it was the main event. It was yeah.
0: just so good, you know. It was uh, one of the matches that it was one of the best matches of the year. There's there's you know there's no two ways about that. 100% one of the best matches of the year. I'm, in- I'm intrigued by what happened after because I, I feel like it was just left and there's no context to it. So we're just guessing. I guess obviously to make us watch NXT on Wednesday. Um Rich Holland's choice of waistcoat leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he's dropped back come Wednesday. Yeah. But you know uh, Yeah, the, it was it was a great show all round. I, I thought you know from top to bottom the card was brilliant. Uh, the presentation of the show itself was phenomenal in Agreed. the uh, yeah. in the Capital Wrestling Centre. I thought it was great, and I'm glad that's continuing for NXT TV as well, um, as we gradually welcome fans back in. How how long that lasts? Who knows? But um, everything is uncertain at the minute. But it was just a, it was a brilliant show from start to finish probably the strongest NXt card that we've had this year yeah. well, in terms of match quality uh but it was yeah
1: it was brilliant Yep, and uh, like I say, definitely did its uh, did its work to put over a few new stars as well. Certainly yeah. uh, to people that weren't that familiar with Kashida, I think he did a great job in putting him over. Yeah. Uh, certainly with, with Damian Priest, I think that was a bit of a, a star-making performance from him. Certainly the best match I would say he's had since he joined NXT last year. I agree, year. yeah. Uh, the women's match was was uh, really, really good. Loved the story that they played out there. Um, and, uh, of course, that uh, fantastic main event, which uh, I'm going to, as soon as I uh, hang up with you, Sonny, I'm going to go back and watch again because it was that tremendous. Um, but um, if you haven't already seen it, I encourage you all to go out and catch that main event at the very, very least. Absolutely. Um, but, but, Sonny pretty much that very nearly brings us to the end of this episode of wrestling with where a fantastic uh, review of nxt takeover 31 uh, but before we say goodbye to you uh, where can my listeners and viewers uh, reach out to you say hi to you if they want to get in touch with you via social media or any of your pages um, where can where can, uh, where can we say hi
0: um, so uh, i do have a facebook page it's uh, sunny g wrestling interviewer slash commentator um, i'm pretty certain i'm the only one <laughs> um uh, i'm on twitter as well which is my full name which is at sunny garner which is s-o-n-n-y-g-a-r-n-e-r and uh, i'm also can be found on instagram at sunny club so uh, yeah that'd be uh, i'd love to
1: hear from you guys
0: that'd be that'd be awesome i love interacting with people it's great
1: excellent and sonny one thing we'll have to make sure of is uh, this is the first time we've had you on the podcast it yeah. definitely can't be the last uh uh-huh. we'll have to do this again because uh, i know we've spoken a little bit off air about doing a watch along or two uh so we'll have to make sure oh, that definitely, happens. Yeah. But, uh, we'll definitely have to get you back on for another review possibly another nxt takeover somewhere down the line but sonny it's been fantastic having you on the podcast my friend
0: i really appreciate it thank you so much for having me thank you for even inviting me on i really do appreciate it